0: I'm Gab, he's Jules, grey and horrid skies yeah. over <laughs> West London. Jules, match day six of the Champions League. That's it. I wish I would say there was a ton going on. There isn't a ton because a lot of things are decided. <gasps> Not decided. Paris your man scraping through. Well done, oh, well done, well earned. That. That uh, Barcelona losing but Chavi. Didn't really need it. Not that it mattered because you're still going through. But And I apologize to everybody who doesn't like hearing talk of Manchester United, but they again, they leave again, us no choice. No choice. They're out, and we knew it was likely to happen, and it was beyond their control ultimately um, because, obviously, uh, Copenhagen beat uh, Galatasaray. Uh, but I think we have to talk fallout. We have to talk the way this game happened. Um, there's this incredible stat that we talked about before, 12 defeats in 24 games yeah. this season for Eric Ten Hag. I said on Monday that what I want to see is progress more than performance. It was likely they were going out. It's likely they'll lose to Liverpool. Uh, they may lose to West Ham too. I know people say, oh, it's a results business. If you say it's a results business, you're kind of a moron because it's one kind of those like easy, yes, obviously. But you want to see performance because that shows you that you're going to move towards results. Yeah. Did you see a performance? Did you see a reaction from them?
1: What I saw, Gab, is that they had to win the game. To stand a chance of qualifying, and I know it's Bayern, already qualified, already top of the group, but you have to win to to stay alive in this group, to to hope that there's a draw between Copenhagen and Galatasaray and that you're actually going to go through, right? One shot on target in 95 minutes or 96 minutes. I blame Varane. One shot on target. How do you expect to win the game? When clearly, I understand, understand in a way that Ten Hag wanted more solidity, because if you start the game and you 2 down after 15 minutes, then it's, it's even more of a disaster. But you have to win the game. It, you, you cannot play just not to lose it, because you actually have to win. How can you have one shot on target, a Luke Shaw shot from outside
0: of the box, and that's it, nothing and, else? And And I think one other thing to add to this, which I think puts it in context um, I was surprised I mean, Tuchel said he would play his strongest team and he did Bayern Munich of course is short of first place I think obviously he wanted to see some sort of reaction they have another big game coming up at the weekend against Stuttgart he yep. wanted to see some redemption maybe after they were beaten 5-1 by Eindracht I wouldn't have done it I would have played the kids I would have played people like Alfonso Davies yellow. but it. it's important to play yeah so you're playing their best 11 right I think except for Shoupo Moteng who's replaced by uh, Jamal Musiala but equally this eleven out there, yeah, they want to play, they want to execute, but they also don't want to get injured. Exactly. They, they also 50%. thinking ahead to Stuttgart, which is much more important to them. Exactly. So in some ways, it's almost like if he'd played a second eleven, he would have been facing all these angry, super motivated Matthijs Tell and and in Kratzig and Pavlovich types. Instead, he plays these guys who yeah. are kind of like, yeah, And I think that makes it more disappointing.
1: Yeah, also and I mean, imagine if they've been a draw between Copenhagen and Galatasaray. I think United fans would have rather to lose against Bayern Munich at home, but at least give it a go. Not what we saw, I'm sorry, not what we saw on Tuesday. That was just not, that was just not good enough. And to have five shots in a game like that, only one on target. And yet they, they didn't give much to Bayern, and Bayern scored that lovely goal by Coleman, and assist by Kane. But apart from that, they had some chances, but you could see that United were structured defensively. That's not what was needed on that day. What they needed is a goal. And there was no Martial, no Rashford. So again, we go back to injuries. You lose Shaw Maguire. How did Martial
0: get injured from one game to the next? No, he
1: was ill. He was ill. Oh, he was was
0: ill. ill. Rashford was ill too. Now, obviously, when somebody in that situation, especially Rashford, gets ill, and, and I think this is comms matter, right? Because as far as I know, all we have is United telling us that Rashford's not selected because he's ill. I think it's important you're messaging and quashing rumors. If he really is ill, I think you need to come across more convincing that Rashford is ill. Yeah, I don't know. I, again, I have no idea what he you know, tell us what he has or whatever. No, because I, I, I have no reason to believe he's not ill, but I given what happened before, you know, you need to think about these things. And uh, it's, there's a sense of drift, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, it's not just Ten Hag and the results, it's also the uncertainty still of the, over the ownership yeah. situation which has not been completed yet it's been agreed, but it hasn't been rubber stamped and I think that's the only point which you go forward, although already there's stories out there, there's stories that Julian Lopetegi is the top choice, there's uh, stories that Ratcliffe has met with, with Graham Potter yeah. Um in one sentence, do either of those two excite you? No, I mean, I, like I said on the website, like we
1: wrote on the website together, I would, I would keep Ten Hag a little bit, but I think if Ratcliffe is starting already to talk to other managers, it doesn't smell good for him at all. Uh, no, it does not. Does not look good, and of course, maybe he just wants to know what his options are. So I don't know how United fans would feel about Graham Potter coming after what happened at Chelsea, etc. Just something important, I think, in the background of this Ratcliffe meeting Potter story. They've met before because Radcliffe tried to bring Potter to Nice. So it's not just like, hey, hi, Graham, this is Jim Radcliffe, you know, I fancy you as a United manager. They have history, they have, they have been in contact right. a lot in the last six to 10 months, really. So I don't know what they talked about, and maybe they talked about United, maybe Radcliffe really wants him at United, but they've met before, they've had, they interviewed him for the Nice job, they had a long chat, they spent a lot of time together. So, and that probably would help Graham Potter if he was a race between him and Lopetegui or somebody else. So that's all all I want to say, because maybe United fans
0: didn't know that detail. Yeah, I I think it's important to put that in context. As far as Lopetegui is concerned, I like Lopetegui as a manager, but he comes with the baggage of George Mendes. And again, and then this is, I think, is a good transition. When people, you know, we have the question on on our Champions League talking points on the website, oh, is it time to move on from Ten Hag? I think, and my, my saying is, no, you can't move on from Ten Hag until your house is in order. Yeah, that's, that's right? Right. Until, Because the most important thing is who is, going to in, who is going to decide who Ten Hag's replacement is if you move on from him. In a normal club, in normal circumstances, best practice, I think, is mm. you have a director of football who does that in accordance with the chief executive... And the owner, or owners in this case, right? Yeah. Of these kind of four elements, right, you have... Right now, you've got Joel and Navram in place representing the Glazers. (laughs) We don't have Sir Jim in yet, not officially. I mean, it's going to happen, but, you know, it's not done. It's not dusted. Um, We don't have a chief executive. We have Richard Arnold, who's on his way out. Yeah. And we have a director of football who... Like, uh, we both know people who know Joe, John Murtaugh really well. I don't know him personally, right? But they say he's a good guy. He's yeah. got an eye for a player, whatever else. I, it's one of two things. Either he is really competent at his job and does have a good eye for a player, but did not feel empowered to operate as a director of football, stroke sporting director. Because for whatever reason, because the attrition at United of backing the manager first, and it's yeah, it not have to charge, clearly. Okay, or he's not good at it, or he has or been involved. He's or not maybe good both, at it, yeah. right? Or maybe a bit of both. My first question, if I'm is, is what is my future at the club, and will I be empowered to do things? Because if I'm not, then you need to then bring in a director of football, which I would imagine might be something they might want to do. You have to do all those but things. we know that
1: it's going to happen, right? As soon as Sir Jim Ratcliffe is in, he's going to bring... I think he already has the sports director, whether it's Paul Mitchell, Paolo Maldini, Dougie Friedman, wh- wh- whoever the other... Because they would have received a lot of right. calls from I, people wanting that job, trust me. I'm not saying neither of those three yeah, are yeah. better than... But I'm just right. saying there are three names that are in contention.
0: Then, for that reason, until that all gets done and sealed and you can calmly evaluate the situation you don't you don't make a change no I agree you don't make a change now when you know I, I, I think they have something like oh, they've got these two games before Christmas right then the, you, you can't have this kind of knee jerk and come in I um, no no be, but they would not uh, sack him in
1: now anyway they would not sack him until Jim Ratcliffe comes to the club so that might be after after the new year now potentially they, they won't they won't do that nobody's in, nobody's in charge now anywhere to do that like you said because it's such a mess again so they would not do that now the thing about Ten Hag really the more I watch them play the more I see him after the game on Tuesday it's the flash interview so I know it's not easy because you've just come off the pitch you're disappointed you finish fourth fourth in a group with Copenhagen and Galatasaray it's, it's a disgrace for a club like that it's an absolute disgrace and yet what does he say It was a very good performance. A very good performance, he said. That's his word. He said on TNT, that was a very good performance. One shot on target, you lost one nil. You've won one game, one game
0: in a group like this. And it's a very good performance. This is another area where I think he needs help with his messaging. But we've said he's in denial all season we've said it. I I don't know if he's in denial, right? I do know that when we in the media go and shove cameras in front of you... uh, you know, especially as you said in, in in a flash interview context, the way you come across really really matters, right? Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes you want to be you you want to be honest. Some, you always want to be accountable if you're the manager. I think in every game, and this is not what anybody wants to hear that it was a good performance, right? Or well, at, at least us- you say that. Look, we're super disappointed. We're out of here. We feel like we've let everybody down because we should have qualified from this group. I saw some positive things. But it doesn't matter because we're out of the group, and what matters is we want to build on them, and I want to, and I want to show that against Liverpool, and and we're going to work hard to show it against yeah, Liverpool. His messages are wrong. But, but he, something like that makes more sense yeah, yeah. than coming out and talking about a good performance. You, know, when you have one shot on target. He he has taken progress for
1: granted. Last season was a good season for United. Top four, a trophy, the League Cup. I think he thought, well, everybody said this is the impossible job. Look, first season I arrive. Old Trafford was a fortress. Didn't they win? Like they, they didn't lose for like 34 games in a row at home or something like that. Right. Ridiculous. And I, I, sw- I, I swear, it, if he would have felt like this second season, we're going to continue our progress. We're going to do this. He's been hit by injuries. To be fair, that it's not in his control to lose so many players. And again, show and Maguire have time against against Bayern Munich. But this. Problems that he brought onto himself, like the Sancho argument, whatever is happening with Rashford, all of that. You know, and you could argue that the way he's dealt with those issues have been wrong. Calling out players publicly, banning journalists from press all that kind of stuff. But I really think that he took the progress after the first season onto the second season for granted. Thinking like, yeah, we're going to keep going up. And it hasn't happened like that. And I really think that at some point he's taken his eye off the ball. And... What backs my point up is I think all those post-match press conference or interviews that we've de- debriefed all this season where he said, it was, I mean, it's never his fault. Never his fault. And it's always a good performance. Oh, they lose Arsenal. Oh, we played great. We deserve to win. No, you didn't. And loads of things like that.
0: Uh, I launched somebody in football um, the other week, and he said, talking about United, he said if you notice, since Sir Alex left, the vast majority of the players who have arrived do worse at United than they did when they were before. And then when they leave, unless they're old, they do better somewhere else. (laughs) And I thought about it, and this is a game you can play at home, United fans. I'm sure it's not true of everybody. I'm sure there's counterexamples who you know, maybe they do well and then they stink at Old Trafford and they stink afterwards or whatever. But it does really speak to a certain kind of to a certain kind of dysfunction. Now, yeah, yeah. If Ten Hag were with us, he would mention, and you know, you mentioned this, but just just to recap, because I think it is part of the part of the conversation. Obviously, Lisandro Martinez has been out all season. Yeah, Lindelof was. All, I mean, again, you should say it's just Lindelof. Yeah, but he would have played. Um, also out. Varane, you pull him back in after dropping him, which I think psychologically isn't the easiest thing to yeah. do. Obviously, you mentioned Maguire and Shaw, the injuries. No Casemiro. Yeah. No Mason Mount. Yeah, Malassia. Okay, fine. Yeah. No Turell no no Malassia and Anthony Martial. He's better Marcial. than Vekin yes, right. back or better than Dalo Talev uh, No, he's not. Malaysia. Mm, he no. No, no. I will take Dalot over Malassia any no. day of the week. No, no. Sorry. Definitely not. Right. 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 We'll just agree to this. Yeah. No Martial, who, yeah. as you know, I think is a waste <laughs> yeah. shirt. But I do know. Um. So yeah, so these are his mitigating circumstances, but you still ama- you still imagine in that in those conditions, you know, uh, even Bruno, right? Who I expect Bruno to be United's best or second best player every time yeah. he plays, more because of the people around him. You know, you're suspended at the weekend. This is your shot, and you know, we said one shot on target. I, I don't know how many shots he took in the game, um, but. How would I expect more from him. So, uh, to,
1: to his defence, and I, I, I agree with your point, he played deeper than Scott McTominay in this game. So again, and I'm not, I don't want to go on and on about Ten Hag and his tactics, and we've, we've destroyed him on this show many, many right. times before. But I go back to this
0: point where you need to win this game. Who is your most creative player? Prudence. Well, sorry. No, how, no. The, the most creative player is actually Anthony, who I'm assuming, if he were doing papier mache paper dolls or something, yeah. would be much more impressive than Bruno. Yeah. If you're talking as a footballer, it's Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. So, how come in a must win game again? I'm going to repeat it.
1: Scott McTominay is the highest player on the page, certainly in, compared to Bruno Fernandes, behind the, So... It.
0: I it's a good question I picked up on that too I didn't actually know that his average position was, was higher than Bruno Fernandes but I, most of the time I don't know if it was in the end the heat map is but I think it had to do with the fact that McTominay scored a bunch of goals yeah, in recent in this months position, that's
1: not where he's
0: good no no hang on a second and I'm, I'm not saying it was the right decision I think having been around football people for a very long time and they don't like to admit it and I'm not saying everyone is like that they go by gut feel a lot. And they go maybe even a little bit, that's why many of them are superstitious, right? Superstition, gut feel, blah, blah, blah. They have a feeling about somebody. I mean, look, people at Harvard Business School will tell you they're great. You know, managers and CEOs are like this too. But he looks at it and he says, McTominay's gotten us out of so many j- jams, if he can do it. Again, I don't know, but like, it, Listen, you have a sense sp- about this, right? I, I'm just wondering. This is what went through his mind. I don't think. I think he's way well stupid. They're pressing
1: a 4-4-2 with McTominay and Hoyland. It was one against a team like Bayern, who is not really press resistant. Let's be honest. Kimmich doesn't like it. Goretzka doesn't like it. Certainly, they don't. Well, they have, don't like it against Eintracht. Against no, but, this United
0: team. I mean, that's you're pressing I mean. with Anthony and Garnacho. You know,
1: but this was one of the worst worst press that I've seen against Bayern Munich this season. There's Bundesliga mid-table team like Heidenheim priced better than what United did on Tuesday night. If you don't want to press, don't go. Don't go and press. Right. Just have a lower block or a medium block. And it's, that's okay. It's fine. Even at home, it's fine. Don't try and have Holland and McTerminney up there when Upamecano came. I mean, just, just, It was embarrassing. It was really embarrassing.
0: I go back to the other thing just on Martial quickly just because I cannot repeat this enough times. And I've said this about Chelsea. I'll say this about United as well. You cannot play a season when you're playing, especially in United's case, when you're playing European football, unlike Chelsea. You have to have three options at forward, especially in United's case, when one of them is a guy in an aspiring contract with poor fitness who, when he's fit, generally doesn't play well. That's Martial. Sorry. Um, And the other one is a kid who's 20 years old who has just arrived? One just arrived as one year's experience in a top five league. I no, and, no, and then no, you no. could say, oh, but Rashford. Okay, leaving aside the fact that then, you know, yeah, clearly had a row with Rashford or whatever. But then Rashford is one of United is one of or should be at the start of the season. We thought was United's best or second best player, right? Yeah. The 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 next the next option, the next solution can't be moving disrupting your best or second best player by moving him to center forward, right? We agree on that. Yeah. Right? So how they found themselves in this position continues to me to be a mystery. The 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 lack of a sense that there's a value in having a body, a finisher, somebody you can press and run around. It can be somebody you bring in on loan. It can be it, it can be it can be Danny Ings, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just to take the pressure off those games when you're 3-0 up. You take Hoyland off You rest him Those teams when somebody's getting kicked Whatever Right yeah, it, yeah, it can yeah. be somebody like that And That I think Is on Ten Hag Because Ten Hag You know He did the transfers
1: Yeah yeah Right that's
0: like, th- th- There's no hiding this No no, 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 right? no. It's, it's not like Murta said Ooh let me buy Anthony Even though Ten Hag Doesn't want him No because you we know, don't He yeah, wanted yeah, him yeah. He got him right? That's what's really Difficult to deal with This is a manager who's, who's, who's basically Was able to sign All the players That he wanted to sign Yeah he only chose a certain market. Yeah. And you know, just for spits and giggles. Um, the other rumor, a swap. Jaden Sancho <laughs> yeah. for Daniel Malin. Okay. Ooh. Um, again, I, th- 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 this seems like another freaking joke to me where he only signs players who he's seen on TV <laughs> or you know well he watches Champions League finals right so he's seen Casemiro he, yeah. uh, he's seen on, players who are Dutch, yeah. or not obviously or you know he watched Chelsea last year so he gets Mount. out um, and then a bunch of they, they tell him Johnny Evans used to play here alright you know and then the rest everybody else is an Air Divisie alumnus I everybody
1: I, I, uh, I, I refuse to believe that is actually possible to happen I'm assuming it would make United yeah. better because I mean, you yeah, lose you a guy got,
0: who doesn't play for a guy who at least plays.
1: Yeah, comes on, comes on, a, uh, like you know, in the second half for for Dominica's PhD on Wednesday night. I don't know. I, I mean, defensively also for all the flaws going forward, like you just mentioned rightly, Gabby, they conceded I think fourteen or fifteen goals in this group stage, the more that any English team has ever conceded. It's fifteen. Just, fifteen is just an embarrassment, absolutely. Right. And I, I, I don't know. I, it's been a disastrous campaign for sure. It's not the first time. United back in 0506 under Fergie, they also be finished bottom of their group that year and then not long after they won the Champions League so it's, this is not um, the end but when you're in this position you know, when the money of qualifying for the last 16 of the Champions League for maybe going another round to the quarters anything like that even maybe going to the Europa League would have been mm. welcome at a club that is not well, as rich as wait is earning money a lot, but doesn't have the power financially
0: that he used to, maybe. Well, they made big losses in the last Again, two years, yeah. which they've never done before. And I think the other key difference with 0405, you know, back then your company competition where Chelsea and, and Arsenal were starting True. to fade a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's Liverpool, it's City. I mean Chelsea aren't good, but they're still there spending a yeah, ton yeah. of money. Newcastle, we've seen what, Spurs, what, what, Arsenal, what they did yeah, last yeah. season. Spurs, Villa are in the top four. I mean, it is a lot tighter that way. There's better resourced opponents, and I don't think you can take for granted that you're going to qualify top four every year. No, um, sure. I think that's a big difference. Final word on Bayern. Yeah. Okay. Did you see two holes
1: beard? Sorry. Again, did you see just, Did you see two, two holes beard? Yeah. Like yeah. what? I mean, he's aged a lot. I won't lie. We're big fans, but I think he's aged a lot in the last few weeks. I think actually
0: the big change in Tuchel was actually when he went to Paris Saint when he was at Paris Saint Germain. He was still
1: when, handsome in Paris. He was so glamorous,
0: so elegant. He looked like a stick figure. He looked like a, like a like a like a praying mantis. The city rubbed on him. He at Chelsea. At Chelsea, you destroyed I, I, him. At Chelsea, obviously he had his meltdown. And now this, yeah. Um but <laughs> I'm just wondering. Or we disagree on whether it was right to play the starters or not. I understand why he did it. I wouldn't have done it. But did you learn anything going into the Stuttgart game? No, but we were never going to. I think B team, A
1: team it doesn't matter so much. So was this some this kind is, of no,
0: challenge but, to his players, or
1: no? But this is. I think this is a, a squad very talented. That right now he's not getting the best out at, at all. Far from it. I think they've got a few gears up that they can go to. I, f- I think the winter break for them is going to be good, regardless of how they uh, how they finish just before it against Stuttgart. Uh, but I expect them comes February March. They might sign a couple of players in January. I think they will. They're in the market for to be to be better. And and I think they will be a big big threat going forward in this competition. And I think they can win it. I don't know. Yeah, I just feel. <laughs> well, are you disappointed by what you saw, but not just on Tuesdays. Tuesdays uh, they that. No, no at, like, I didn't learn anything from this game no, as far as Bayern.
0: You were never gonna going to. But work. that's why, like, I actually wondered whether, what if you gave these other these other people a bit of a chance, you know because everybody knows the circumstances it's, 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 it's yeah. just that look well i think the, the the assessment will be against against Stuttgart when when, yeah, when they come to they town the let's see what day. they can do against uh, your boy sir who yes of course All right, Jules, enough United. How about some quick hits Let instead? Let's go, Gav. I'm going to guess that it was a rather trying experience, Jules, <laughs> but in the end, Paris Saint-Germain got the point they needed a way to Borussia Dortmund and are through to the round of 16. Yeah, indeed,
1: Gab. I mean, they didn't really celebrate at the end even. It was a game where they had so many chances. I think the XG is 2.73, something like that, and yet they could only score a goal by a 17-year-old. As good as he is, as talented and promising as Warren Zaïre is, it's just incredible when you think about it to miss all those chances. And they also conceded chances, of course, and Dortmund scored one, could have scored more. But for PSG, this is the story of their group stage, really. When you can't take your chances like that, you're not going to top the group. So well done to right. Dortmund, uh, and I guess well done to PSG still. To scrap through, which is not nothing glorious at all in a group like this, because actually I know you hate when we say a group of death anyway. No, it's but, a
0: stupid expression. It's trash. But
1: neither—I mean, neither of the other three teams in the group with PSG, two have have been decimated by injuries: Milan and Newcastle. So played there, not their beat team, it's a B Right. But you see what I mean? The other one, Dortmund, is hot and cold all season. And yet,
0: you can only finish second in that group. It's just... its just. Are you a full crew believer? Because when I, when, I when I saw him in well
1: person... Yesterday. He played really well yesterday.
0: When I saw him in person, I think, like, Aha, I understand your purpose. Yeah, I understand why you are there. played
1: really well, I have to say. Right. I have to say. And Gab, that pomade, what happened in the other game of this group, irrelevant, except for Europa League, purposes,
0: purposes, purposes. Purposes. Yeah, what happened? Well, Milan came from behind to win 2-1. Um sort of atmosphere you would expect at Newcastle I saw Newcastle took the lead I thought they were the better side in the first half uh, it was interesting you didn't quite get Eddie so Anthony Gordon Dubravka, and Longstaff they didn't train on Monday yeah and Eddie Howe wouldn't say if they were injured not injured I was really surprised to see Dubravka and Gordon start. Longstaff came on. I don't know if they're playing with painkillers. I don't know if it was some sort of how Maybe mind, like, game, yeah, mind game uh, before that. But look, I, we said it before, Newcastle are exhausted. It's not just the injuries. It's the fact that the same people play all the time. And so they're tired. They were always going to go down in the game. Um, I think it would have been a really, really big humiliation for Milan if they'd finished bottom of this group. Yeah. Given the chances that they squandered in earlier games when you know they, they outplayed Dortmund, they outplayed Newcastle in the first leg, this game could have gone either way. Magic Mike made a, made an amazing incredible save. save. Uh, Pioli, I thought, you know, he got his substitutions yeah, right, completely. Uh, or Newcastle are tired late in the game. What do you do? You send on the speedsters, you know, Chukweze and Okafor finally fit. Yeah. Um, Rafael Al hit the post, Tomori made a, an amazing goal well. line yeah. uh, uh, clearance yeah. and hit the post. Yeah. Yeah. So, all of these things together, you know, fair enough, fine. Milan and live to fight another day.
1: Yeah, for Newcastle, it's disappointing, but, you know... I think they can focus on top four six. finish
0: and growth in the league. Yeah. Porto versus Shakhtar may not be box office for yeah. those of us who are big five fanboy obsessed, Jules, but there was something real at stake. And we saw eight goals. This was winner take all. It was really good. Yeah, you're right. They were both on nine points, so
1: whoever won would finish second of that group behind Barcelona. I mean, you know, Porto, I think they need a the big goal screen if they wanted to finish top of the, the table. And so with Shakhtar, but between them two, and it was a great game. Galeno was outstanding, involved in pretty much, I think, four of the five goals that Porto scored. Shakhtar gave a really good account of themselves, kept trying, kept attacking. Defensively, they were just not good enough for Taremi, you know, Galeno and everybody else. And, and well done to Porto. I don't know how far they can go, really. I know we're both big fan of Sergio Contessao, yeah. and even one of his sons. Francisco scored the fifth goal, but they might just not be strong enough
0: to go further. further. Just on Shakta, let's also remember for those who have forgotten, because obviously, when stuff goes on for a long time, people forget. The, you know Shakhtar from a town called Donetsk, which right now is in the middle of war. In fact, has yeah. been taken over by 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 Russia. Shakhtar Donetsk have to play their home games in Germany. This, yeah. the, these are the conditions yeah, exactly. under which they're working, and they would be in the Europa League as well. And
1: Gabi Nagy and Pepe. Pep, sorry, scored to break his own record as the oldest ever Champions League goal scorer. He turns forty-one before the end of the season. I am at a loss
0: for words with this guy because when you see him play, you realize he hasn't even lost his athleticism. I mean, obviously he's lost yeah. his athleticism. Yeah, yeah, he's twenty-five be less, less quick. But he's as athletic as he was when he was thirty-five. So I don't know how he does it. He has, and he's got that thing where. You know, we saw him as a cartoon villain. Now he goes older. And now we're all kind of cheering for him. So, well done, Pep. Barcelona had nothing to play for against Antwerp. So Xavi played the B team and ended up on the losing side. Jules, given the defeat to Girona, was it the right decision? Because now he's
1: getting even more stake. He's getting even more stake. I mean, defensively, it was an atrocious performance. Jules Koundé, but especially Oriol Romeo. I mean, Southampton legend, I give him that. But in this game... Against Antwerp, again, no offence to Antwerp, Marc van Bommel, Vermeerin, your, your favourite young Belgian prodigy, but Rommel was horrendous. He made those big mistakes, one very early on after a minute when Vermeerin scored, and then another one in the second half when Jensen scored. He cost two goals to his team. He was completely useless. I don't know what happened in Chavi's head, considering the defeat against Girona, the situation that he's in, even if they were already... Qualifying and pretty much certain to finish top of that group. Why he did that? Well, we talked about two Yeah,
0: and I'm going to be consistent here. And like obviously, they should have done better. And obviously, Barcelona's B team should have put on a better showing. Yes. Yeah. Um. But you find out what these people are made for, or, or are made of. You find out when you go and you talk to these people, guys. You're playing Anfer. We've lost every game. They'll be highly motivated. But whatever, right? Show me that you need to be in the starting eleven. Yeah. In fact, maybe he even went to Jules Kunde because his performance I mean, was great. Answer. Show me you need to be in the starting 11, Jules. Of course, he doesn't have other center backs because Inigo Martinez is always injured, and Christensen, of course, came off uh, again. But I-, I think he needs to revise yeah. this. You find out what you have in a game that doesn't matter. Um, but, so I'm going to stick with Xavi. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Uh, Not judge too him sure. going forward. Not too sure. Pep Guardiola also sends out a second-string team away at Red Star Belgrade. Except how much did he win? 3-2. And we got to see two very exciting
0: youngsters. Yeah, Michael Michael Hamilton. His first ever professional game, or first ever senior game yeah. anyway. Um, I thought that was tremendous. The way he won the penalty is the kind of thing that yeah. you sort of excuse it. This, he was fouled, but yeah, throwing yeah. himself he in, went, you got to learn to make it a bit more uh, believable, there, dog. It worked for you this time; might not work in the future in the Premier League. Uh, Oscar Bob, who I've made fun of because he's a silly name, but lovely a, goal, a tremendous goal. Lovely goal. I mean, that's highlight real stuff. Yeah, I, I thought yeah, the that kind of finish. Uh, but shout out to Red Star as well. You know, they said they would put on they they would put up a fight. They did. They they scored two goals super defensive at the beginning it was obvious what they were going to try to do but then they got into it they played a little bit i, you know, I didn't mind mentioned, we mentioned a few shows ago but they finally beat the, the record of the most home
1: league games without a defeat that real madrid owned since the, the stefano years because last week i think they won at home they hadn't played at home for a whole month or something they won which now they're
0: unbeaten in 122 league home games I mean, Oh, it's good let's hope Manchester City doesn't join the, uh, the Serbian Sergan league, league. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. enough dead rubbers Jules how about Copenhagen uh, against Galatasaray a clash for all the marbles Incredible park and the atmosphere
1: and the surprise really more than Real Sociedad more than anyone else in this group stage of the Champions League Copenhagen to come out of this group finish second behind Bayern Munich they won 1-0 they scored a great team goal they lost Le- Le Rager at the end to a red card they fought their way to keep the score and qualify for the f- only the second time in their history. The last time it was 2010-2011 when they went to the, the last 16. The, the
0: third in the Incredible. Danish league. And I, I want to say this, like when people when people talk about, oh, people only want to see the big teams on television, stuff like that, you can make a lot of money also from stadium atmosphere, from, from match days, whatever. Yeah. What they put on there at the parking, and I'm just watching on television, Yeah. Uh, that was tremendous. It was amazing, um, I feel yeah. a little bit for Maurito Icardi and the fact that... I know. But
1: we'll get to but see it them was in of the Europa season, though, so it was bad. <laughs> Interface, Real Sociedad, La San Siro with first place in the group at stake. He finished nil-nil, which means that Simerlín his crew. Our second, Gab, were you a bit surprised I he rested Barella, Lautaro, and Bastoni. I think he's been really disrespectful to this competition, by the way, between you and I, by keeping rotating heavily in Europe every time. And now look, imagine that they play Man City now in the last sixteen. The tie I want to see because they finished second of the group. They can they can they can only have themselves to play okay. for.
0: So he rotated heavily. This is what he does. He I does he views the game differently. He says, you know, Lataron it's not like they didn't play in this game. They came on. No, His no. plan was to keep the game close and then send these dudes on to go and score the winner. It didn't work out. You know why it didn't work out? That's <laughs> something that our They've been a much better team in this competition. Yeah. Even when they played them in the other leg, no, the Inter got no. the draw. They didn't didn't really deserve that. Um, so look, Rasul Tidad are better in the Champions League. But we'll see. He's got stuff up his sleeve. He we genuinely believes in this rotation. I got no issue with it. Real Madrid traveled to face Union Berlin, and in contrast, Carlo Ancelotti played many of his regulars and gave Luka Modric 90 minutes. Yeah. They won 3-2 because, well, it's Union. Sorry, Producer Freddie. But uh, was that a surprise? Surprised that he played Luka Modric for 90 minutes. maybe. And Rodrigo. Modric was not happy. What's the point of starting Rodrigo in this game? Why not play some guy from Real Madrid B nobody's ever heard of?
1: I know, you're right. Maybe it's just to keep that rhythm. Rodrigo was on good form. He was on good form again. Uh, on Tuesday night so maybe maybe that was the, the reasoning they scored four goals they I thought it looked good Jose Luz scored two which would be very good for his confidence maybe although they almost drew that game somehow because I think <laughs> I Union know. had like two shots at some point <laughs> But it's a win. They go 18 out of 18. I would
0: have this game. I know. You it's cool? Incredible. It, you know what? I think he did this because and I haven't spoken to him, and please take this for what it's worth. But this now gives him an excuse to drop Modric at the weekend. And be like, Luca, yeah, you played true, 70 true. minutes uh, on Sunday and 90 yeah. minutes here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Exactly.
1: Yeah, first place was at stake as well when Atletico Madrid faced Lazio. It wasn't much of a contest, though. No, Lazio are not good right
0: now. They're, they're just not good. I, and, you know, uh, Sadi can mumble all he wants. Atletico Madrid are really good. They have yeah. better quality up and down the side. Yeah, I think, you know, there was a Zacani run and shot, which looked pretty good. But other than that, um, Atletico could have scored more in this yeah. one. I think Sadi's got a lot of things he needs to, I agree. He needs to think about. Lawns against Sevilla was only for a Europa League spot. But That's this right. was a proper game. It was amazing. And what happened to those traveling Sevilla fans? So
1: they got in in the end. Remember we told you the story on Monday? They was, got were in. Were their new, new buddies from Lawns? No. Well, yes and no. Because then the, uh, the highest court in France
0: just canceled. Oh, they overturned the ban. Yeah,
1: overturned the ban but from the government. But they still
0: fraternized and drank beer. And, yeah, it, and it was and all they, good. They, was, it, was it moules and frites that they ate? Because they, they're, they're, no, they're, they're basically Belgian, all France, right? They
1: eat those uh, baguette sandwich with... Uh, burgers and chips in the, in the baguette. Which yeah. is
0: kind of gross if you're Peruvian. Well, I mean, it's
1: really heavy as well when you eat <laughs> it. But it was a great game. To be fair, Sevilla played well, especially in the first half. I think the pressure got to Lance, who were not good. But they managed to get a bit of a lucky pen. They scored it. Then even when Sevilla scored, Sergio Ramos, his 17th goal in the Champions League in his career. After missing the penalty. After missing, yeah. Having having a, a, retake. a retake. But then right and the Found a winner! They exploded. The whole stadium erupted. It's great. They will be in the Europa League and they deserve it. I'm so happy for that
0: All them. right, can we, can we, can we, Joseph? If you're listening, can you, can, can we come to Lons yeah, and eat those heavy sandwiches with you? We go for the playoff. For the, the playoff, the yeah,
1: yeah, please. Yeah.
0: We go, we go. Gab, horrific
1: scenes though in Turkey where Faruk Koka the uh, president of. Ank- Karaguchu ran onto the pitch after the end of the game at the weekend and attacked referee Halil Humut Meller after his team considered an injury-time equalizer to Kaiko Rizespo.
0: I mean, it was really terrible to see. Uh, this, this is terrible. Um, for those who don't know, uh, Halil Umut Meller is an he's, he's international referee, the yeah? referee of the Conference League last year. He did, he did a group game, I think, involving Celtic this year uh, as well. This guy, for Kota, he's not some you know, local wastrel. Uh, he's a guy. He served two terms in parliament. Yeah. And what I find, and to, you know, to the Turkish authorities' uh, credit, he was arrested along with two other people. If you see the video, and the video is a tough watch because not only does the, does the guy get punched in the face, Umut uh, U- U- Meller, but. As he's lying on the ground, he's surrounded by people. He gets kicked in the head. Yeah, by other members of staff. Well. Yeah, the You're going to kick somebody in the head Players. while they're down. I know. I, I, I'm sorry. Like, there's got to be they 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 they've been arrested. Hopefully, they throw the book at them. There's also suggestion he's been thrown out of his political party as yeah. well. What empowers somebody to do this in this super cowardly way? Yeah. yeah. Because you know what? I'm going to guess When Miller is about 20 years younger. If you were a man, coach, if this is how you resolve your stuff. Why don't you Why don't you go and meet Uma Miller in a uh, in an alleyway, right? If This is how you want to be a man, not surrounded by your goons and yeah. beat somebody else. This was absolutely horrendous. You know what made it even worse? What makes me even? I'm going to quote. This is from Turkish media. Was I got got this off the BBC website? Quote. From uh, coaches, supposedly. This incident developed due to the wrong decisions and provocative behavior of the referee. My aim was to react verbally to the referee and then spit in his face. I mean, even that. So
1: the justification is unreal. The spitting in the face. We're just at a loss. We're
0: just at a loss. Jules, we left it very late to talk Arsenal and PSV Eindhoven because there was nothing at stake and they both, both go through. Do you have anything to say? And if not, I will ask you. Do we need to stop making fun of Peter Bosch? Yeah, we've kind of we stopped already
1: because of his incredible record in the league to start with 15 wins out of 15 games. That's insane. Insane. They played well against Arsenal, like a B team, a B Arsenal team. When PSV went pretty much, apart from Badde Jong, we played by Ricardo Pepe, who I thought had a good game. Like Malik Tillman. Malik Tillman was very impressive, I thought, in that game. PSV played really well. They've got so much going for them. I, don't, I would not want to face them in the last 16, although I think they could be quite exposed because of the attacking style and the, because of the Peter Bosch, the Bosch ball and the Bosch madness at the time. But that was a good result for them and that was a very good campaign for them.
0: So, By the way, when we know. say Arsenal B team, just to be clear, it's not like in no, one Kivio. area and those other no-names are playing. No, no, no. It's still was like players who don't play much. Like Kai Havertz, no, Georgiou. Right, Kivio, but, you know, but I, 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 actually, I was actually a little bit surprised that Obviously, the front three was the second choice front three and and you had Kivior uh, in there. but and you, know, you still had Gabriel and Saliba. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, nice, to like, that. yeah. nice to see that. Nice to see Aaron Ramsdale. I know. Salary. I know. Exactly. <laughs> Napoli beat Braga 2-0 to,
1: to secure second place, which we expected. But how about Victor Ozyman's back heel?
0: Although he gets a bit lucky. Oh, yes, that's why I mentioned he gets so lucky. Talk about two weirdo goals to give up yeah. if you're Braga. Um, the first one, the own goal, and again, go check this out on YouTube, and then the FC one He's almost, I mean, he would have scored anyway. Yeah. But he clearly miss hits it. He just kind of watches the ball and rolls so sideways into the, into the net. But I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed, I, I thought Kelly had a good game. Meret making a tremendous yeah. save from my boy Ricardo Horta. I told you Braga were, yeah, were, were good. I told you Braga were good. I told you they finished ahead of, uh, of Union, which, hey, I mean, self-fulfilling prophecy. Benfica lost their first four games, three of them without even scoring a goal. But they went away to Salzburg and they won 3-1, which is what they needed to do to get into the Europa League. Incredible. And by the way, the reason we mentioned it, I know, I know, obviously there's a ton of Benfica fans out there. I don't know if there's any Salzburg fans at all, except for in the uh, Red Bull uh, boardroom. But this was really exciting really dramatic and Cabral of all people oh. former Europa Conference League top scorer of course. former man sitting behind Jovic on the Fiorentina bench Uh he gets the crucial goal in the injury yeah. time.
1: And talking about back heels for meant this one is a really a real beauty if you haven't seen it on the turn as well to finish it in the 92nd minute They Benfica needed to Win by two by yeah. a two good margin because they lost 2 0 at home, exactly. Uh, and they did it just incredible, really. Di Maria had a great game, scored a, a goal Olimpico, a direct corner. Oh, yeah, was, I forgot about that, too. Yeah, it was involving the Rafa Silva who could have had a hat trick. Rafa Silva kept missing chances, and Benfica deserved it, really. But when Salzburg came back to 2 1, we thought, wow, okay, they might just. Get that third place and Benfica will be out of Europe altogether. But in the end, Benfica will be in the Europa League. So even if that came really late and it's a bit of a miracle, well done to Roger Schmidt and all the players. And not much to take on the other hand for Leipzig against young boys gap, but still, they win 2-1 and Emil Forsberg scores before saying goodbye. Yeah,
0: yeah, bye-bye club legend Emil Forsberg. You know, when your history stretches all the way back to, what, uh, 2014, then yeah. it doesn't take that much to be a club legend, but um, no, uh, heck of a player. Yusuf Poulsen might still dispute that club legend <laughs> yeah, true. T- task. Um, but by Sasko, Scored a great goal. Great goal. I'm just curious because I haven't, you know, he hasn't been playing that much uh, this season. Obviously, he's got a lot of competition up front. Yeah. But, um, and he, he's something because he's a gifted player, but he's one of those really tall guys who looks like a really tall guy yeah. on the ball, but still he's good. So, I, I, yeah, I enjoy that's it. It. I enjoy yeah, it.
1: I see what you mean. That's
0: what you mean. Jules Arne Slot, as you know, is my current favorite ball Dutch manager. Um, there was nothing but pride at stake for his Feyenoord team away to Celtic, and they lose 2-1. Arne Slot, by the way, who looks a lot like our producer Freddy. Yeah. Now that Producer Freddy cut his hair yeah. really, really Freddy's more handsome, though. Yeah, Freddy is more handsome. He's also about 20 years younger. Uh, <laughs> can they do something in the, in the Europa League, Feyenoord? I think so. I mean, they lost in the
1: last minute. Like we said again, they were already, obviously they had nothing to play for. We uh, don't want to minimise Celtic's no, no, great achievement Celtic. because by the way those guys get really first, first win at home in the Champions League in 10 years. They were on that incredible... They hadn't won at home in the Champions League for the last 15 games before Wednesday night. They were on one of the worst home run... Win less home run in the Champions League. Lille
0: were above them and then another team. Can I say something about these home runs, away run records, stuff like that? Yeah. I think it's all guff. Why? Because you mentioned earlier about United's run and how they were fortress Old Trafford. Now they're terrible at home. Um, Celtic, you would assume. It's like, Why should Celtic be be bad at home in the Champions League when... You know, you got passionate fans, you have an incredible stadium. Uh, it's usually cold when you go there, so it's an adjustment. There's no rhyme or, r- or reason to it. It's just a little stat. Okay. that has any significance whatsoever. It is. It I, th- I not believe the you're crowd. saying that. Well, are you cannot. saying Celtic fans suddenly
1: became lame for 10 years? But it's nothing to do with the fans. It's just that this, this was the run that they were on. They just could not win at home, despite the great support, the cold, whatever, Celtic <laughs> Park, whatever you want to say. Welcome to paradise. But it just happened and for Feyenoord, just to finish, yes, I think they could be very interesting in the Europa League, they've done really well in the two, in the Conference League and the Europa League in the last two seasons before, they play great, they've got Santi Jiménez, I don't know for how long, but right now, when the draw will be met, it will still be there. So they're good. Should we start
0: a rumour linking Santi Jimenez to a big Premier League club in the northwest of England that needs a centre-forward?
1: Yeah, like who play in red? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh I think that'd be great. Bookings for descent in the Premier League gap are up from 24 last year to 80 already at this stage of the season. Are you surprised?
0: I am not surprised because, you know what? Howard Webb, I, I, I remember this like it was yesterday, right? He came out and he said, look, we really want to stamp down on this and surrounding the referee and all this stuff. Dissent, we're going to start showing cards. And people said, oh, yeah, we've heard this before from referees, like, you know, with a tighter VAR uh, interpretation a couple of years ago. Yeah. They said, we're going to stamp this out, and in a couple of weeks, and pundits get grumpy on television, managers complain, and then you go back and you no, no, no. They, they, they've, they've done this. They've stuck with it. And I predict that now the rate of cards for dissent is going to start going down because people understand there's VAR, right? Yeah. So you're not going to convince the referee to change his decision because there's a man in a booth most of the time and the referee knows about it as much as you do about it. Yeah. Uh, and you will get booked for it. And the bookings pile up. And then people get suspended, whether it's Rodri or Nico Jackson and it's 27 yeah. yellows, all of them for dissent. No, i not really yeah. 27, but it's a lot. So I, I, I think this is a learning curve. And I think this is among the many issues that they've I had agree. this season. This is something I think that they've done well. I agree. Victor Osimhen is named Africa Footballer of the Year, beating out Ashraf Hakimi and Mohamed Salah. Jules, you love your awards. Does this yeah, make dude? sense?
1: Yeah, I think so. Well done to him. I mean, he meant a lot. He went all the way to Marrakech to uh, receive the trophy. He'd lovely it's not suit. Not that far
0: from Naples. It's just no, a little shot across the man.
1: The night before a Champions League match, by the way. But it meant clearly it meant a lot to him. I think winning it probably, and and you know, be feeling like you're the best player in your continent. Also, the fact that you be Moussa who's obviously an African legend too, who's won it many times. How did Hakimi
0: finish ahead of Salah? Uh, the World Cup, you know. Uh, yeah, I know. But if you, if you if I was to ask you, who was the outstanding player at the World Cup from Hakimi's team? You might, Volo, you might mention the goalkeeper you might mention Amrabat yeah. yes, Hakimi not, I can,
1: I can he's see. injured
0: he's in his out Hakimi
1: appeals still? and sticking with Ozymen Gabi Fabrizio Romano and others are reporting that they which is Ozymen and Napoli have finally agreed a new contract
0: yeah agreed not signed um, I think it's a kind of contract that says hey let's hey. go and talk more because it's a one year extension <laughs> I'm sure he got a bump in, in salary and he got his clause in there which is 130 million euros which is a lot of money, this is what Napoli wanted. Yeah. Um, there's always give and takes, right? There's elements in the contractual negotiation. One is length of contract, one is the release clause, and one is the wages. So looking at this, uh, this suggests to me that he got a little bit more money, but yeah. not that much more money. Yeah. Uh, he, he got a win on the extension to making it just one year, which means they can have this conversation again in 12 again. months' time. Yeah. And the clause is just, just in case, you know, all of a sudden you, United get desperate or somebody she, else she, yeah. and say, oh, like, and so this way De Laurentiis doesn't lose out and Oseman doesn't lose out. Yeah. Pazisad Oshoala, who plays for Barcelona and Nigeria, so it's, a, it's a Super Eagles double. It is. Actually, are the women's team also the Eagles No, or the, we, you know, the Falcons? See. Yeah, the, we the said the different it last bird? time. Yeah, yeah, it's a different bird. Okay, anyway, it's really... a big success for Nigerian football. Yeah, uh, she won the Africa Women's Footballer of the Year, beating out South well Africans, Uh Tembi Katlana and Zambia's Barbara Banda. Hey. This is less of a surprise because this is actually the sixth time she's won the award, and she's still just twenty nine years old. Yeah, uh, if she wins a few more, maybe just <laughs> name it after her. Maybe or she, you think? Yeah. You think if she keeps winning and like she ends up passing? Messi and Cristiano or Cristiano especially wow. uh, he's going to keep playing until he can win more maybe
1: maybe as many or more than Oshala I don't know the Super Falcons by the way are the uh, Nigeria That's thought, women's yeah. team well done to her I mean again Nigeria were I don't know if we can call them a surprise at the women's world cup but obviously they did extremely well and so did she along with the goalkeeper so I think she deserves completely this award she's been great with Barcelona too even if she's maybe not always starting it's a very competitive uh, squad over there but wonderful talent and she was so you could see on the video on the the coverage she was just so excited that her and ozyman won it she was like oh
0: victor my boy my boy go and receive your try it was brilliant it was beautiful to watch all right uh, by the way uh, nigerian fans out there i know we have a bit of a following in west africa i am genuinely curious why the men are eagles and the women are falcons because falcons- super falcons you know? super oh, Sorry, super they, they, eagles and super falcons right because there are, I know for a fact, that I mean, I wasn't great in biology, but there are female eagles, right? Yeah. And there are male falcons. I suspect. Now, being an NFL fan, I always felt that, you know, perhaps... Eagles are generally more masculine, and falcons, like especially the ones in Atlanta, are more feminine. Uh, but I don't, I don't quite follow that. I, I, I love. I'm sure there's a good story behind it. There must and, be, yeah. And so, please let us know. Hit us up on social media. Premier League referee boss Howard Webb
1: went on television to explain the Simon Hooper blooper, the decision <laughs> when he didn't play advantage late in that Man City Spurs three-three draw. Remember,
0: and Jack Grish with through on goal. Gab, what did he say? So he said what we all speculated went through Hooper's head at the time. It was it was a tough tackle on Holland, but because he's a Viking warrior, he popped straight back up and hit the ball from where he was. He he went to blow instinctively. He didn't realize that he, he thought Holland had just kicked the ball away, and he didn't realize that Grealish was going to get there. It is a really bad mistake. He feels really bad. So Webb kind of repeated. Really, the only possible there's explanation for this, but you know what? I'm glad he did. I'm glad there's somebody accountable going in front of the ca- cameras, even if
1: you're supposed That's it. the third time or fourth time. There's still a, there's it's not more good. bad mistakes happening. Yeah,
0: but it's not the third or fourth time with Simon Hooper, is it?
1: Yeah, but it was even worse. All
0: right, Joel. Since you've been good and you love awards, yeah. let's talk FIFA's Woo! the best awards, the best. Which I could care less about. But um, I'm, I'm guessing they're releasing the nominees like category by category because obviously they don't have the best men's player or best women's player but we do have the shortlisted for goalkeepers and coaches. That's
1: right. So coaches it would be one of Pep Guardiola Luciano Spalletti or Simone Inzaghi. Gee I wonder who's going to win that one. Maybe the person who who won six of six trophies. Yeah exactly. For the women side of the game Wigman, Giraldez and Emma Hayes are. Wait, the
0: three wait, not the manager who won the who won the women who won World the World Cup. Cup? No, he's no, not, there, not on, on that, that list. That. I
1: wonder why. Uh, for the goalkeeper, we've got Bruno. Who would Korto. you who would you pick in the women's game? So I would pick Pep and Emma Hayes. In okay. To my man, two, man, two managers. Didn't
0: Chelsea lose in the Champions League? Or, but they're still in. The yeah, the I mean, okay.
1: right, the right, thing right. about Giraldez and Barca—they're just so good. Right. I just think that before Emma Hayes leaves the domestic uh, club industry or circuit, if you want, before going for the women's national team in the US, I think she deserves recognition for everything that she's done. And and I know the Champions League obviously went to Barcelona. And you don't go with Serena Wagner because she's the Dutch girl? She's the Dutch girl. (laughs) And England lost the final against Spain in the World Cup. So I've got a soft spot for Emma Hayes, that's why.
0: Who would you go for then? Uh, I don't watch the women's game as closely as you do. Um, I think, from what I understand, both Emma Hayes and Giraldez both have really well resourced teams. Yeah. Um, Emma Hayes probably faces more competition in her domestic league, so yeah. maybe I might go with Emma Hayes. Okay.
1: And for the goalkeepers, we've got Bruno courtois Edison for the men, Mackenzie-Arnold, Catalina Cole, and Mary Herbst, Mary Herbst for the women. I think it's, a,
0: it's for the men, I, so okay, so I, for the men, I'll, I'll make this very simple. For me, I think Courtois He's the best goalkeeper in the world, right? Right. He's also been injured for half the season, yeah. but I don't think Ederson had a great year last year. I think you had a better year this year. But again, how do you judge these guys who only face shots once in a while? Um, but he did win the tribal. I think. Yeah, I would go with Bruno because because of the run and because of the Europa League and whatever else, even though he's kind of disappeared um, since then. But yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Yeah, it'll be interesting. This one, I think, is the
1: most kind of even where you can have an argument. Yeah, contested, sorry. Where you can have an argument for each three of them. And on the women's side, I think... Mary Hobbs had a really good season, of course, especially with England. But you you
0: swore in a game, so that should disqualify. I know, whether
1: you like that or not, I'm swearing. (laughs) I think Catalina called for the whole story of her and the Spanish national team, her getting into the team, starting, winning
0: the World Cup. It's just incredible. So for me, she would be my pick. And we're not going to go with Mackenzie Arnold because she it's out weird the French, so he and ahead. unnatural when your first name is a last name and your last name is a first name, right? <laughs> and she beat the French, so she can okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry,
1: sorry Mackenzie. my vote. The Premier League has passed a new law, Gabby, which says that teams can only amorti- amortize... I'm amortize. Gonna, amortize contracts over five years. You love talking about this. So no yeah. more eight-year yeah. contract for Mudrick. That's kind of stuff. That's what I mean. You can only have a five-year deal.
0: You can sign... Him to an eight-year deal. Okay, but you can only amortize, which is where you basically get the cost of um, of, of, of the, the, the transfer yeah. fee, essentially, and 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 the salary. You you have to do that over five uh, yeah. over over five years. Essentially, they're they're taking their lead from UEFA. This is to do with financial fair play or financial stability rules, as they're now done. This was a workaround, and now that loophole is closed. We knew this was going to happen. It just seems reasonable. Yeah. You would have the same rules with UEFA's uh, financial stability rules that you do in the Premier League. Will still oh. the ginger wonder. He was strongly linked to, to Sunderland and yes. the wacky owner. Um, but he's not going to go, is no, he? No, he's not going to go. I don't think so.
1: Interestingly enough, though, he met with Sunderland. It was even his agent who made the first contact. Clearly, I think Will still... He met with Kirill? Kirill with Dreyfus, of course. The owner of Sunderland, who is the son of Margarita and... And
0: and he's the nephew of Julia Louis-Dreyfus from uh, Seinfeld as well, no? (laughs) I don't think so, And Veep as
1: well. I'm not too familiar with her. Um, And I find it interesting that Will still kind of put himself forward for this job, for the Sunderland job, in the championship, doing well in the championship, but still... Uh, he's doing a great job, of course, at Reims. He's a bit dreading the fact that they're going to lose key players with AFCON and the Asia Cup. And I think he's thinking, now nah, my, st- my reputation is really high because Reims, who are eight in Ligue 1, so he's doing really well. If by the end of the season, especially after the AFCON and Asian Cup, we fall to 12 because we've lost five in a row because of the players missing, then my reputation might not be as good. I, d- I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. But. I don't think Hans. I don't think Sunderland could have paid off Hans for him anyway. There would have been a, a small fee, and Hans. I don't think would have been very happy. And we're still kind of still enjoying Ligue 1 right now. It's a good league for him to keep learning. Let's not forget he's only 32 years old. But I thought that was a really interesting,
0: you know, little story. So I have zero idea about the championship, but I'm familiar yeah. with Sunderland. They tell me that Ipswich are doing rather well. Yeah. Um, is it possible Ipswich and Sunderland will be back in the Premier League? I think it is possible. And then they'll replace some of these off-brand Fugazi sides and we have two proper historical oh, top flight teams back in the top flight.
1: Some, some fans from Sheffield United-Burnley are not going to be happy with you. And Luton. I'm not talking about Burnley. Okay, okay. Gab, uh, yeah, FIFA revealed that in 2023 clubs have paid $888.1 million. That's $888.1 million in agent fees.
0: Yeah, so obviously this is a whole big number, but if I told you they paid 8 billion in agent fees or 80 million you'd say, "Oh, that's a big number," right? Yeah. Significant here is they're up 42.5%. And this is at a time when actually if you exclude Saudi Arabia, yeah. spending was flat or even down a little bit. So this tells me that of that if they've gone up 42.5%, a huge chunk of those fees were paid by the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia yeah. to agents. The reason like these numbers go out, people talk about, oh, look, money going out of the game, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know, this is terrible. And FIFA says, ah, see, we need to regulate this and cap agent fees. You know my views on this. I think they should regulate it. They should regulate it with a lot more transparency, not necessarily capping. If somebody wants to go and pay George Mendes $75 million for free transfer, that's their choice yeah. but the fans should know what their club is spending money on so that they can hold people accountable that's right Moises Caicedo has told Telemundo that Chelsea fans haven't oh, seen the me. real Caicedo um, haven't seen the real Romeo Lavia either because the no. poor fellow has been injured all year but that he's grateful to Mauricio Pochettino for protecting him Jules,
1: accountability, My word of the day, this I is accountability mean, from Caicedo. We would have destroyed him if he had said, I've been great. I played my best football at Chelsea. Look how look how well am I doing. I know, but for somebody so, to say, look, what, to say I the truth, we're uploading now? Well, how often we would have said, what? Oh, the Everton difficult season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. True. You could have done an every Ten Hag and said, I I'm, I'm I'm great. I'm
0: amazing. Yes, yeah, so, okay, good for him. So what you think of protecting him by not coming out and saying Caicedo <laughs> had another rubbish game? Oh, I <laughs> I don't I,
1: know. Maybe maybe they're very close at training, you know, during the week. Yeah. Because during the games, I'm not sure how much Poch is protecting him, considering that he's leaving him all exposed. There's no structure to this Chelsea team, as we've said before. But I just yeah, I just want to see Kaysido is best. We always want to see yeah, well, the, the, the best.
0: Whether he was worth all the money they paid for him, there's no question that he would play at a really high level, just no question he's still very, very yeah, young. Exactly. In a position where players often blossom when they're a little older. Yeah, you just needs a bit of structure around him.
1: I think. And Gab, this went back to Monday Night, but you wanted to talk about the Caglia, the Cagliari Sassuolo
0: game. Yes, yeah, so obviously it's not a high profile game and but again, if you like to kill time on YouTube, <laughs> go and check this out because this is pretty Pretty remarkable, right? So Kamaldin Suleimana, early in the game, yeah. he elbows Saswallows Christian Torsved in the mouth, right? Yeah. Torsved, so on purpose or not on purpose. I think it was accidental. Okay. But But is a strong dude and he absolutely nails him. I mean, like the guy lost, the guy lost two teeth. There's like blood gushing out of his mouth. Christian Torsved, by the way. Fun fact. His dad is Eric Dorsvitt, former Tottenham goalkeeper. Oh, okay. And I am imagining little Christian becoming uh, a professional footballer because he got the practice of the back garden against his dad, who's a professional goalkeeper. Amazing. Right? That's pretty neat. Yeah. Dorsvitt being a Viking. Uh, ends up playing. On. Yeah, oh, stays on. Boy. No problem there. It's like, you know, it's, it's just as it's only as his mouth and blood keeps coming out. So Swallow take the lead. And then in injury time. They can see the equalizer, the fourth minute of injury time, and in the sixth minute of injury time. It's that man, Pavoletti, the man who seemingly only scores in injury time yeah. with a dramatic overhead kick for the winner for uh for Cagliari for Claudio Ranieri. Uh, for Yakub Bianto, by the way, uh, Sid Lowe went and interviewed him. You should yeah. I'm going to plug it. You should go check it out. Spent a lot of time with him. There's good video of it yeah. as well, kind of explaining, you know, the highest profile uh, footballer to come out as gay by far. I yeah. mean, and who's not just a, you know, publicity-seeking dork, like somebody I could mention. Um, so uh, whatever. Nice, heartwarming nice. story. Jules, mark your calendar. We said it would happen because there are tickets to be sold and attention yeah. to be drawn, and I think we like to see this. The February 1st, Cristiano yeah. against Messi again. And like all major sporting exhibitions, yeah. I actually haven't checked, so if I'm wrong, tell me. I'm assuming it's going to be in Saudi Arabia. I think so. I think <laughs> so, Gabi. Al Nasser against Inter-Miami, of course.
1: I don't know in what kind of physical state Messi would be, but obviously it would be there what physical state these guys the season's they be over like in pre-season. he's got three months to rest well yeah but they would be my last pre-season, pre-season. Also. what pre-season I don't know, but still, is messy the guy to, walks around the pitch are traveling to Hong Kong and Guatemala and wherever I know Saudi Arabia all of that to play a friendly exhibition like if it was Pelé and Santos back in the, uh, back in the old <laughs> days just to showcase Messi all around the world.
0: I mean, wow. How awesome would it be if Luis Suarez was there too and he be. goes and he bites Cristiano? Oh
1: my God, imagine. I'd be watching on February 1st.
0: All right, so I. Right. Sure you would be. Just I'm buying the pay-per-view, man. When's the last
1: time Cristiano and Messi played against each other? <laughs> Uh, oh, I don't know, My answers why? on a postcard. That would be a while ago. Giorgio Chiellini has retired from football gab. It's a sad day. We touched upon this on Monday, of course, after the MLS Cup. But now you've written about him, so
0: plug your piece as you often do. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's called Synergy. Um, no, I was just struck by one thing about Chiellini. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought might be interesting things. I said two things about Chiellini. One is the fact that He's supposed to be a villain, right? People know Italian football is so polarized between Juve fans and people who are anti-Juventus, right? So the dude was there for 18 years. Um, He's the guy who generally beat up your center forward, beat up in a a sporting way. So you're supposed to absolutely hate him, right? And yet, it's hard to hate him because he has the goofy smile and the big nose and so on. And... I, that was something that I thought really, weirdly endearing um, about him. And off the pitch, of course, he is a good guy. The other thing, he said something really, really simple. People talked, he, he was on, just, just, just last night, he was on television on on Sky Italia with Billy Costa-Court and stuff like that. And they asked him, well, you know, you, you played until you were really old. Um, and you, know, you were known for your ability to kind of anticipate, I don't know, how did you keep playing when you got older and slower and you had your injuries? And he said, film study. He said, every player that I played against, every player's got tendencies, right? You play the percentages, they're more likely to go one way or the other one. This is their foot. They make this kind of run. And he made it seem so freaking simple. And then I realized it applies to every sport. And I actually think every time I watch a game, and you must we've talked about this before, right? You know this guy's going to favor one foot. You know this guy's going to shift his body this way, right? Why isn't there more film study?
1: I don't know. It's a good question. There should be. There should be. By the way, Messi and Cristiano faced in January when PSG played that all-star Saudi team. Do you remember? I mean, i would forgotten about that game. more memorable. This is a real game. This is not like an all-star <laughs> game. This is real. It's real
0: friendly. Uh, Jules, that brings us to an end, but we got to come back on Monday and do this all over again because the mighty Liverpool, who are top of the league, host uh, Manchester United and a bunch of other games as well. So until then, love the game, love your neighbour, love yourself.